uh, I share a story with you. <clears throat> I was at Hope Children's Home in Florida, and uh, myself and Brother Chris Miller were down at Hope Children's Home, and Brother Miller was going to preach, and I was going to preach, and Brother Miller got up, and he was preaching, and in the course of his preaching, he kind of mentioned this passage. This was not his uh, thrust of his message, but he talked about have faith in God and how we have to really trust God. And so uh, years went by, and God allowed us to get the building up down in Colonial Beach. And Brother Chris, I, I bring him about every two years, uh, same with Brother Dwight, I bring him about every two years to come through and to preach to us. And so Brother Chris called me just about the time he was supposed to come, and, and he said, Brother Warnick, he said, I really, really need you to pray about something. And I said, sure. I said, what would that be? And he said, well, listen, I said, he said, I, I, I need a new trailer. He said, my family has grown, and the kids are getting bigger. And he said, you know, I, I need something. And he said, you know, I've gone and I've looked. And he said, Brother Warnick, he said, man, these, 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 these uh, RVs are getting more and more expensive. And he said, I went out and he said, I checked one out. And the one that would really suit our family to really help us, he said, my goodness, brother, he said, it's expensive. And he said, and then I have to get like a tractor trailer to pull it because it's so big because, you know, even like Brother Dwight has, he has that Ram 3500 and it wouldn't even be enough to pull this trailer, but he needs this for his family. And I said, well, Brother Chris, I said, I want to share something with you. I said, I was in Florida one time, and I said, you know, I was at this meeting, and I said, there was a fellow up there, and he was preaching. And I said, this fellow, when he was preaching, he was telling me that we really need to rely on God. And, you know, when we have need of something, that we really pray about it. And I began to share with him how I had gone back to Westmoreland, and we had prayed, and God had supplied the money for the land, and God had supplied the money for the building, and God had supplied the money. And I said, you know, Chris, you know who this guy was? I said, it was an amazing message. I said, you should have heard it. And he said, who, who preached it? I said, you did. <laughs> and he paused on the phone. He said, I did, didn't I, Brother Warnick? I said, yes, you did. I said, Brother Chris, I said, if I were you, I said, you're in God's business. Amen. You're doing God's work and you're going to count on God to help you. He knows what your family needs. And he said, well, I raised X number of dollars. He said, if I go down there and I put that down, and, you know, what if I don't raise the rest of the money? I said, Chris, is that faith? Now, Chris will tell you this story. I'm not picking on him. I mean, I'm just telling you what happened. So we prayed together on the phone, and I said, Chris, I just want you to pray believing. I said, why don't you ask God if you have his, his will, his power to go down and just go ahead and put that money down on that truck and that trailer that you need. And he said, well, how am I going to raise the rest of the money? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> So he took the money down and he put it on. About four days later, Brother Miller gets a hold of me and he's just yelling on the phone. He's like, Brother Warnick, I need to talk to you. Give me a call back, you know, and he's, I could hear it. And, and so I call him back on the phone. And Brother Miller gets on the phone and Brother Miller says, Brother Warnick, you'll never believe this. He said, I went down there and I put that down and I told him, I said, every church you go to, tell them what the need is, amen. He's in God's business, amen. <laughs> tell them what the need is. And someone went down and paid for the trailer. Now, I want to tell you something. When we're doing God's business, we ought to have faith in God. Amen? We have faith that God can do things. When I look at these passages, and you look at this, and Jesus teaching here concerning faith, and he says, and Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in what? 
God. And so, you know, when you look at this and you see this, our faith as we grow in Christ should grow stronger every day. But I'm not always at this place in my own walk with Christ. I'm never always there, but I can tell you that we can have faith in God. Now, if Jesus said to us, have faith in God, do you believe that we ought to have faith in God? Amen. And it comes through Christ. And, and when you pray, I ask this question of you tonight. When you pray, do you pray believing? Now, I didn't say, do you pray? Because a lot of us pray, amen? How many of you in here pray? Anybody in here pray? Now, I'm not asking you if you pray. I'm saying, do you pray believing God? Now, here's what it is, is when you read something like this, are you praying believing? So when you pray, do you believe God will answer your prayer? When you ask, do you believe that it will happen? Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Why would I thank him before it's been answered? <laughs> because I believe that God answers prayer. Amen. And so when I look at this and I see this, there are some specific points we've got to consider, and it comes to this idea of prayer and confidence in our prayer and our petitions of God. So God does and will answer prayer, and I believe it's according to his will that he does it. So tonight I just want you to think about this. Are, and you ask yourself this question, are my prayers prayers of faith? Ask yourself that question tonight as we look at it. Are my prayers prayers of faith? In other words, am I really trusting God when I pray? So when we look at this, I do not believe God's the author of confusion. Anybody out there believe that? Because the scriptures teach us just the opposite, right? God is not the author of confusion. If he said have faith in God, he said pray believing, what should we ought to do then? We ought to pray Believing. Now, it's not just praying. It's praying, believing that God will answer your prayer. That's the thrust of this. He said, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. What happens is, is we come to God and we start to doubt what we're asking him for. Anybody with me on that one? He's not looking for you to doubt. He's looking for you to come and ask according to his will and do it in good faith. So, <clears throat> here's the thought then. <clears throat> when it comes to your relationship with God, the Bible says that we ought to have faith in God. And faith is not what we can see. Faith is what we cannot see, right? And now, faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, just because I can't see it doesn't mean God won't answer it. And so I'm praying for souls to get saved. I'm praying for five families to be added to the church by December. How many of you will pray an extra 10 minutes this week, just like Brother Dwight asked, pray an extra 10 minutes this week that God will add five families to the church before December? How many of you are going to pray believing that that will happen? Amen. It's a different story, isn't it? Pastor, I'll pray with you, <clears throat> but I'll tell you what, I don't know. No, he said pray believing, didn't he? Pray believing, nothing doubting. Let's pray that God will do this. Now, Here's what I want to share with you. When you look at this, our, we have to have faith in God on our prayers and our petitions. You know, when we're talking to God, the reason that we would have faith is because we're asking according to his will and not our own lust. <laughs> Sometimes when we just want to consume it upon our own lust, it causes that doubt to enter in because it's something that we just want to consume upon our own lust. Now, here's the thing. Have faith in God in your prayers. I, I do not know what mountain you're facing, but whatever that obstacle is, replace it with the word of God. Replace it by faith. So whatever that obstacle is that you're facing in your life right now, don't allow that obstacle to be what you can see. Allow yourself to see the God of heaven. Quickly, an illustration for you. Uh, this was mentioned to me many, many years ago. Thank you. And uh, one of the things is, is that we can't really see things as God sees them. 
And uh, so <clears throat> when Anita and I flew out uh, to Washington this year, <clears throat> we're in the plane, we're flying, and I just happened to open my eyes, and as I opened my eyes, standing right there beside the plane was Mount St. Helens. How many of you have ever seen that? It's an amazing place. So when I'm flying in the plane and I'm looking at it, I thought, oh, that doesn't look so big. Well, Brother Wilder, a few days later, he says, listen, we're going to take you up to Mount St. Helens. I said, do you know whether it's going to explode again or not? You know, and he said, no, I think, I think it's kind of dormant right now. But here's the thing. He, he, said, he said, well, let's go on up there. And I go up to the mountain. Now, when I was in the plane, we took a photograph of it. You can see it off the wing of the plane. And Mrs. Warnick took a beautiful picture. It doesn't look very big. But I'm going to tell you, when we got out to that place and we took a picture of ourselves with Mount St. Helens behind us, it was huge. So here's the obstacles that we face in our life sometimes. We're at the bottom of the mountain looking up and thinking, man, this is huge, and God's looking at it from the airplane down, isn't he? Doesn't look very big to him. That's why we have to have faith in God. Insurmountable things can come into our lives, things that we can't overcome, things that we can't comprehend. We can't get past this. Man, this is so huge. How am I going to overcome this? You can't. You have to have faith in God that he'll help you overcome it. Notice here that he says, shall not doubt. And I want you to get a hold of this. Underline this in your Bible. Have faith in God. Notice it says, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Amen. How many believe that you're saved tonight? Say amen. Here it is. That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. He said, the person that shall not doubt in his heart. Amen. So when I'm asking God for things, I shouldn't have that doubt enter into my life. Now, how many times do we go to God after salvation of our very soul and, and we go to ask him something and then we're thinking, hmm, wonder if he'll answer that. <laughs> what is that? That's called what? Doubt, isn't it? Don't doubt God, especially when you're praying for the will of God. Don't doubt him. He will help you with where you are. Here's what happens. We often, I think, limit God. And we do it sometimes because, think about it, we're afraid to ask him so our prayers become shallow. How many of you agree with that? Sometimes our prayers can become shallow because we're afraid to ask. We're really afraid to ask God. I'm telling you, what Nathaniel did in that room the other night, folks, it sent a shock down my spine when he said, I'm praying for 31 people to get saved. <laughs> I thought, I only asked for five families. How weak is my faith? And the thing of it is, is that here's this 16-year-old boy. He's praying for 31 people to get saved. Now, you know, I'm praying now, Lord, please answer Nathaniel's prayer. <laughs> Amen? Not just mine. Would you answer Nathaniel's prayer? You know what I mean? And so the thing of it is, though, is that having that kind of faith, that's what it takes sometimes, is really praying, believing. Hey, listen, does God want people to be saved? Amen? So what's wrong with asking for 31 people to be saved? And, and he wants it done now before December. And I'm thinking, Nathaniel, do you know what you just asked? <laughs> and, and so the thing of it is, is that we've got to have that kind of faith. Now, here's the idea behind this. This morning I preached to you out of Ephesians. I told you, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Is God able? <laughs> of course he is. Now, here's the thing. Are we willing to pray by faith and not doubt? Not doubt him. Hey, listen, God would be that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. Amen? That's a big prayer, isn't it? 
And so you think about this for just a moment. Our God, we should not have any doubt when we go to him and we align with what he has on his heart. You know, things are not the most important to the Father. Things are not the most important to the Father. What's important to God is people. People are important to God. Souls are important to God. Hey, listen, you know, you think about he knows every hair on my head. Does he not? He cares about the sparrows so much he knows when it falls from the sky. How much more does he love you as his child? (laughs) And, And you think about just the capability of our Heavenly Father. You know, I think what we do sometimes is we limit God by not believing that he can do a great work in our midst. We limit God because God wants to do it, but he's looking for people to pray, believing that he will. I think he's looking for faithful people to come to him and just say, Lord, I believe you. Now, the crucial element to all of this that we've spoken of is this. It's prayer. Now, we've got to be conscientious about our prayer life, and here's what I want to share with you. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, and then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it finished, it bringeth forth death. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Listen, lust will get us in trouble in our prayer life. And lust is not just a physical or a sexual idea. It is the idea that we can lust after anything, can we not? And the idea is, is that where's my mind when it comes to my faith? And so what is it that I'm after? And I got to thinking about this. God allowed me to put a challenge in my own heart and in the hearts of you folks. And that is, is I'm going to pray believing that by December, if God adds five families to this church, he does it. New converts, people that trust Jesus Christ as a Savior. Amen. Now, is God able? He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we do. What? Ask or think. He's capable. Hey, listen, we talked about the love of Christ that passeth knowledge. Jesus Christ loves us. Jesus Christ loves the lost. Jesus Christ can do this. And all it takes is you never know when you're going to pull that track out of your pocket and you're going to give it to one of those families. Hey, one of you may be the one that hands this track to someone and they become that family. Isn't that amazing to think about? You know, God wants to use us that way. God wants to make this happen. And God's looking for us to pray, believing that it will. How many of you pray, believing that the Lord will provide these families? And not just any families, but these new converts. And listen, what happens to us is we kind of get stuck in a rut. How many of you have ever felt like you were stuck in a rut in your prayer life? You feel like you're saying the same things over and over again, expecting different results. That's called insanity. Amen? But the thing of it is, is that God told us to bring it to him, didn't he? But here's what he's looking for. He's wanting us to bring it to him in faith, praying, believing, nothing, doubting, asking God to do things. Do you have some family members around, folks? Hey, listen, Brother Mike, I'm, I'm still praying for John. I, I'm not letting him go. I, I, I see him in that store. I'm not letting him go. And I went down to see Mike, and Mike said, hey, listen, I've asked him. I'm not letting go of JoJo Penny. I'm not letting that happen. I'm going to keep that woman in my prayers and in my heart, and I'm praying that that woman, if she's not saved, she gets saved. Amen. I'm not letting go of the list that I gave you. I'm praying for these people, and I'm praying for God to do something. And I've already started watching him do it. By the way, I'm going to see Josh Spradlin on Tuesday. And we're going to meet together. And I'm praying for him. Do you know what I'm praying for? That God get a hold of his heart. Amen? Not just a man, but God get a hold of this man's heart. Listen, when God has a hold of the ministry, it's amazing what will start happening. Amen? And what it is is that list I gave you, and we were praying over during revival. Don't stop praying over that list. Make that a part of your prayer life. Say, Lord, I'm asking you to do this. We're not capable, but he's able. Amen. 
And I look at this and I think, I don't want to get it stuck in the rut of my prayer life. I tell you, cast out that doubt. Get rid of that stuff out of your mind. Let that stuff go away. Listen, the devil wants you to doubt God. The devil doesn't want you to be praying for souls. The devil wants you to get discouraged and defeated. And he doesn't want you thinking about what's good, what's right, what's best. He doesn't want your mind there. He wants you off on another avenue. He wants you down another track. But listen, broad is the way. Listen, that leads to destruction. But narrow is the gate. Amen? And that gate is narrow. And I'm saying stay on the right path. Don't get on the wrong path. <laughs> stay on the right path. Keep your mind on the things of God. You know, there's nothing outside of the will of God to pray for an increase in souls. Is there anything outside of the will of God asking for that? No. No, I'm praying people get saved. I want you to pray with me. People will get saved. Listen, young, old, teenagers. You heard Brother Dwight when he was here. He said that crowd between the ages of 20 and 40, that's the biggest absence in church today. We need to reach that group or that segment of people, amen? And what happens is they just get distant from God in that time. And for whatever reasons it happens, you know, whether it's busyness or families or children or whatever, they, uh, their careers or what they've got to do, listen, we need to reach the 20 to 40-year-olds as well, amen? We need to reach the 50 to 90-year-olds. We need to reach the 19 to 1-year-olds, amen? We need to reach them. And the thing of it is, is no one's off of God's radar. Everybody's on God's radar. And we have to have faith in God that he'll do something. There's nothing outside of the will of God. Listen, this desire is not for pleasure, but that the will of God might be fulfilled. So here's the thing. The obstacles that we face too often are based on our experiences. They're based on our intuition. They're based on fortitude and all that I know and what that internal fortitude, man's philosophies, all that stuff. Listen, let it go. Get a hold of the heart of God. And may God get a hold of your heart. <laughs> may he have you. May he have your heart. And I challenge you with this tonight. Are your prayers prayers of faith? Okay, so we're praying, preacher, and we're petitioning God. Let's talk about this for a moment. Turn to 1 John chapter 5 there. 1 John chapter 5. You know, when it comes to revival, God wants us to have faith that it'll happen. <laughs> If we want to see another revival in our nation, we have to have faith in God. And by the way, revival is just not about souls being saved. It's about God's people's hearts being moved and revived and quickened and ready and willing and serving and doing. Hey, listen, God does that. It's praying and fasting and asking God to do things. That's God working in revival. So here's the thing. When he says here, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now that word ask is the same idea as the word prayer. We're talking to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The one we ought to ask in reverence toward, we're coming to him and we're asking him for some things. So we are to have confidence when we pray. He said, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Not in ourselves, not in what we're capable of, not in what we can do, not in our abilities, not in what we can say or do or act or our speech or anything. Listen, we need to have confidence in God. That's where our confidence needs to lie. If we want to see souls saved, let's be spirit-filled people. Uh, listen, be ye not drunk with wine, where's the excess, but be ye filled with the what? The Spirit of God. We need to let God have us. We need to have confidence toward God. Is he able? Sure he is. And he can do above all that we ask or think. Now, you must abide in Christ and in love and in obedience. And the key to all of these petitions is, is his will. 
And here's what I want you to understand. The view of the will of God is this. Sometimes we think we have to overcome the reluctance of God. (laughs) God is not reluctant to answer your prayers. He is not reluctant to answer your prayers. I'll tell you what happens to us is sometimes we don't believe he didn't answer our prayer. And the reason that we don't believe it is because we didn't get what we wanted. I didn't get what I wanted, so God must have not answered my prayer. (laughs) Maybe he just flat out said no. Maybe he did answer your prayer, and you're not willing to accept the answer that he gave you. And the truth of the matter is, is I can go to him again. And, you know, Paul did the very same thing. He says, listen, I've I've beckoned God three times for this, to take this thing away from me. And it hadn't gone away yet. And and what he said is, is, you know, now I I have my eyes on God. I have my eyes on his capability. I have my eyes on his ability. Not in what I'm capable of, but what God is capable of. He didn't take it away from him. (laughs) He left it in his life. Now, why? I don't know. I just know that it's there. And Paul said, well, I'll just serve God with it. This thorn in my flesh, I'll just serve God with it because God has not taken it away, but I'm not going to stop serving God because of this thorn in my flesh. I'm going to keep on keeping on. The view of the will of God is sometimes us thinking, boy, we have to overcome the reluctance of God. But, uh, you know, it's this idea. I really want you to get a hold of this. It's just laying a hold of his willingness. (laughs) What is God willing to do? What is God willing to do? Well, he's willing to do things according to his will. When you petition the Lord, we should know that he's going to answer. Because as I share with you, and I've shared regularly, listen, the word of God is the will of God. If you want to know the will of God for your life, read the word of God. You'll know his will. And his will is his word. And so when I'm in his word, I have his will before me. All that we call on him for, all that we ask him for, I just want you to consider this. The Lord wants to fulfill it. And listen, we are to wait upon the Lord. God's not sitting there waiting on us in the way that we are to wait upon the Lord. The idea of waiting upon the Lord is continue to serve him, even though I'm asking him for these things, continue to work. And you think about what is a waiter at a restaurant? They are waiting on the people that are sitting there. And so God says, wait upon the Lord. He say, continue to serve God. Don't stop. Keep on doing it. And you're saying, well, I'm praying about this and this hadn't happened. And so I'm just going to stop. No, don't stop serving God. (laughs) Keep on serving God. Ask him. Wait upon the Lord. Serve your Savior. And let God work it out for you. How many of you have had some wonderful prayer answered by God? And nobody knew you were even praying about it. (laughs) Let me tell you, there's nothing, nothing more exciting than when you know this conversation took between me and him. Nobody knew this. And God answered my prayer. That is some powerful stuff, isn't it? And you know God did it. And you know there was no other way, but it had to come through him because that's all you You didn't ask anybody else. You asked God. And God took care of it. When I look at this and all that we ask him for, we should never doubt our petitions because as Christians, we should always be petitioning him this way. Consider this for a moment. According to his will. When you pray sometimes, have you, have you ever said that to him? Lord, I'm asking this of you, but I want your will, not my way. Uh-oh. I want your will, not my way. God, I want your will, not my way. Sometimes we want our way, not God's will. <laughs> 
Lord, just give me my way. You know, can you see it sometimes? You ever watch a little kid sometimes? How are little kids sometimes? You know what I mean? They get feisty. And, and sometimes they just want their way. And, and, and they, they, they just get, how many of you have seen them in the grocery store or something? And they just want their way. I had a little kid the other day. We were in the grocery store. He was in the cart. And he was screaming so loud. I thought, ma'am, <laughs> do you supply earplugs with that child? No. <laughs> He wanted his way. He wanted out of that cart. And she said, you will sit down. Now, I was grateful. You will sit down. And he got, started to get up, and she said, you will sit down. And I mean, he would just, ah, blood curling scream. I don't want to hurt Laura's ears today. Uh, but blood curling screams, you know. And you're thinking, is she killing him? So, you know, you kind of go around the corner, make sure she's not beating him to death. And she would just sit him back down. How many of us are like that with God, man? We're fighting with him. I want my way, God. <laughs> I want my way. And God says, why not my will? <laughs> now, here it is. God wants what's best for us. He wants best for us because we're his children. He possesses so much, folks, and he can give us so much. And we ought always to pray. We ought to rejoice and be patient in tribulation. We ought to pray. And I want to give you this verse before I end this. You know, even when we've gone our own way, and the Lord knows that we've messed up. How many of you realize that? Man, I've messed up sometimes, Lord. And you say, can I pray to God now? Yes, you can. God knows you messed up. You know what he wants you to do? Is fess up. Lord, I messed up. Lord, I, I, I need to get this situation right with you. Is God listening to you? I guarantee he is. Can God help you with that problem? He sure can. God will help you get things right. God will help you through your situation. I'm going to give you a verse, and Sister Kathy, when you came back from England uh, that time, you had mentioned this from the pulpit, and the Lord's really used this in my life several times now. But I want you to write this down, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. The Bible says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end, then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. Powerful verse, isn't it? Write it down. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. Search for God with all your heart. Search for him. With all your heart. Hey, listen. He said, I know the thoughts I think toward you. God doesn't hate us. He loves us. God's not against us. He's for us. God doesn't despise you. He loves you. God wants to answer your prayers. And you know he wants to answer it according to his will. Verse 15. And if we know that, we, uh, that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Have faith in God. Pray believing, nothing doubting. Let's pray.